Welcome to another impactful message from Cornerstone Church, where we truly believe there is one hope for every heart, Jesus Christ. If you'd like to check out more resources or view video of this sermon, visit us online at cornerstonerome.com. Hey, good morning, church. Good morning, good morning, good morning. It's good to see everybody today. We are down in Florida this week on vacation, and we are dodging hurricanes right now, it looks like. We are on the bay and um, anyway, we just want to say hello and say a big thank you to so many of you guys that stayed behind. Over 70 uh, children's ministry workers and volunteers and leaders stayed last Sunday and went through training and new training. And so we want to say thank you. Come on, church, would you give them a hand right now and tell them thank you for all that they do. Thank you for loving our kids. Thank you for teaching our kids. We appreciate it so much. And uh, Jesus really appreciates you spending the time investing in these kids and discipling them in his name. Also realize since we were on vacation, we were scheduled to do a golf, um, I guess a putt-putt tournament between myself and Pastor Stephen. Obviously, because I'm here, I didn't schedule correctly. But I wanted to say to Pastor Stephen, um, you're not off the hook, bud. Uh, just because I'm not there doesn't mean I forfeit at all. So I called up my uncle, uh, Ricky, and he has agreed to come in and take my place. Uh, when I told him, I said, hey, can you make it? Can you do this? He said, yeah, no problem. I said, okay, you sure? Here's the dates. And uh, you and Pastor Stephen, it's going to be against each other. And he said, cakewalk. And I thought he meant, like, he's doing a cakewalk. No, you're not doing a cakewalk. And then I realized, no, Pastor Stephen, he's saying you're going to be a cakewalk. Just wanted you to know. <laughs> so anyway, man, you guys come out Friday or Saturday. I can't remember which night it is. But it's on the screen there for you. Come out and enjoy that and watch Pastor Stephen compete against my uncle. It'll be a great time, man. God bless you guys so much. Enjoy the message today. Please welcome Pastor Stephen Daniel to the pulpit. Give him some love right now, guys. God bless you. All right. This is giving a little feedback. I expected nonetheless, you know. <laughs> Happens every time. Coincidentally, Jeff, because I'm up here, it does it. I just want to point that out. It's because I'm... Wearing black. Just want to point that out. Um, so, I am Pastor Stephen, as Pastor Jody said. Uh, so, if you've never met before, if you've never heard me speak before, I do tend to be a little bit crazy. I am the youth pastor, kids pastor. I do a lot of stuff. I do a lot of stuff here. Um, but because of that, I don't have any sense. Um, and one thing I do want to prepare you guys with is I tend to speak when I speak to students, and I, I try to keep it, as I call it, 100, um, because I feel like our students are being raised in the world where they're willing. I mean, everybody's telling them what's true and what's not true. I think it's most important that they hear it from the church. So I may keep it 100 with you guys today, if, if that's okay with you guys. And I also want to say this. If you didn't notice, I am black. I know some of you are like, oh, my gosh, I, can, I don't see color. Stop lying. We see color. Right? Don't lie. But... I say that because I was raised in black church where they give you a little feedback. I know this is a, um, uh, a predominantly Caucasian persuasion church, right? So it's okay if I make a joke and you laugh. You want to say amen or you want to hallelujah, brother. That's okay. I just want to make sure you guys know that. I'm okay with that, all right? Uh, so today, uh, our title for the sermon is whatever. Just Whatever. Here's the deal. I feel like God wants to give us something today. I feel like 
a lot of us have stuff that is keeping us, our whatever is getting in the way of what God, God's whatever for our life. So I'm doing a message today simply about whatever. Whatever it is in your life that's keeping you from fulfilling what God has for you. Here's a story. We went on a youth missions trip this past summer. And we were going on this journey. It was only supposed to be 13. I don't even know how long it was supposed to be. If it was a 13-hour trip, it ended up being like 100 hours, right? Um, as we're traveling to Pennsylvania, our bus got stranded on the side of the road. Many of you guys know this. And at that time, while we were stranded on the side of the road, I can guarantee you every leader on that bus could have choked some kids. <laughs> Jason may have choked some kids. But we were stranded on the side of the road for however many hours. We got to the, air, uh, to the hotel. We were stranded at the hotel for a whole other day. Then we finally got to our de- destination after a day and a half of travel. I feel like God wants us to know sometimes in life we're stuck on the side of the road because our whatever is getting in the way. And today I want you guys to look at that. All right, so we're going to open up with scripture, then I'll do some talking. This is a very laid-back, casual message. I'm not Pastor Jody. I don't have 17 doctrines. I don't think Pastor Jody does, just, just saying that. But I'm, I don't have all these doctrines. I don't have the, uh, theological study for you. I'm just going to keep it real, simple, plain, because I want you to leave with something. And I want you to leave with saying, I'm not going to let my whatever get in the way. The, the scripture we're going to open up to is Hebrews chapter 12. You may have read this scripture a thousand times. I have too. It says this in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 through 3. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge cloud of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily traps us up, trips us up, sorry. And let us run with endurance the race that God has set before us. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Because of the joy awaits him, awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding his shame. Now he's sitting in a place of honor beside God's throne. Think of all the hostility he endured from sinful people. Then you won't be weary and give up. You know, from this, te- this text, it tells us to let us lay aside the weight that so easily trips us up. Right? Or it says the weight, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. So I had to picture this in my mind because I wanted to go there and picture a runner back in those days. It's actually, back in those days, they, all they wore was robes. Right? So they basically ran naked because they had to rip up. That's a picture. Don't picture me naked, but I just want you to picture, like, just, right before they got on the, on the track, they were warming up. I can't do this. I'm so old. Everything hurts. You realize how when you get old, you can't stretch as well as you want to. Right? They're warming up. They're getting their stretches on. Right, to get ready for the race, they take off their robes because that's the most weightiest thing they want because they want to have everything on them as light as possible. Then they get ready and they're off to, run, to the run. Nowadays, when they run, they wear as little as possible. They got the light shoes. They got the women tight shorts. <laughs> women tight shorts. They got, you know what it's called, spandex on. They, that's all they're wearing just for the run. Spandex, shirt, blah, 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 just for their run. Now, there's a difference between a long distance and a short distance. A sprinter, if you look at the actual body shape, a sprinter is usually built. It's usually stocky, strong muscles, kind of like me, right? It's just ready for the run. They can do a, a short distance very fast. 
But a long-distance runner is usually very thin, a scrawny little guy, like Mr. Joey, like Joey, all right? Just someone who doesn't have much muscles, but they can run a long distance at the same pace for a long time. I feel like this story, this, where Paul was introducing us to, he wants us to be the the long-distance runner. He wants us to be the one that doesn't have so much weight, that doesn't have all these other things that's getting in our way of running this long-distance race because this race of Christianity is a long-distance race. It's not short distances. I'm sweating already. Haven't even started preaching. Hold on. So I'm asking you guys, what is your whatever? The first one is the weight. I had to take a deep look at this because some of the weights that we have voluntarily carried as we're trying to run are very simple ones. Maybe it's insecurity. Maybe it's doubt. Maybe it's something that you believe about yourself because of what somebody told you when you were a young child. Maybe it's, it's as simple as the fact that, you know what, God? I'm too short. I'm too tall. I'm too fat. I'm too old, Mr. Bill. I'm too young. I feel like we, we put these titles and we believe these beliefs about ourselves when God said, I never told you that it was, that was true about you. There's countless stories in the Bible of people that had these insecurities, these doubts, these unbeliefs, these things that they believed about themselves, and they still accomplished great things for the Lord. Let me give you an example of those people. Did you know that Jeremiah, if you look, open up the book of Jeremiah, he was a great prophet. The first thing he comes out of his mouth was, I'm too young to speak for you, God. This great man of God, the first thing that came in his mouth was, I'm too young to speak for you, God. Did you know that Abraham, before Abraham actually had the child that he was promised to have, he was 100 years old. The Bible called him old. That hasn't even, some of you guys ain't sick then. Because you don't realize people in the Bible live to be six, seven hundred years old. Right? The Bible called Abraham old. There was Gideon. Gideon in the Bible, he asked God because he just, he just couldn't get over. He was dealing with his own security. He said, God, come on, you got to give me another sign. God, give me another sign. I just can't deal with it. Just give me another sign. There was Martha. Martha was a warrior. How many of you guys are warriors, worry bees? There was Thomas. We know Thomas was a doubter. There was Sarah. Sarah was impatient. She came to her husband and said, hey, here you go, take this woman and have a baby with him. Impatient. Moses stuttered. He literally felt like he was incapable of speaking for God because of his stutter. I'm looking at these things and I wonder in the audience or people listening online, is there something that you can say that that would be the weight that's keeping me back? Maybe God told you to do something great, but your hiccup right now is that weight. You can't get over the fact that how you were raised because your parents weren't in the same household. You can't give it the fact that you didn't graduate high school. You can't give it the fact that you didn't go to college. You can't give it the fact that you can't properly enunciate words. Trust me, I can't either. Y'all laughing because that's the truth. That's the, it is the truth. I mix up words all the time. Stop letting your whatever 
Get in the way of what God has called you to do. Because this is what we know. God calls those and he equips them. He doesn't equip those he calls. When God calls you, he equips you. You see, I told you I get messed up my words. I'm, I'm a little special, right? Stop letting those doubts that you have believed about yourself get in the way of what God actually calls, has for you. Or maybe your big, your big hurdle that's been tripping you up is sin. Sin is a, I know, sin is a big deal. Sin has kept a lot of people away from fulfilling God's destiny. Because we feel like my sin is too big. Maybe I cheated on my wife. My sin is too big. Maybe I'm a liar. My sin is too big. Maybe I'm a stealer. A stealer. A thief. My sin is too big. Maybe I'm locked up in jail right now. Or I've been spent time in jail. My sin is too big. Maybe I'm a murderer. My sin is too big. Have you ever heard of the man named Paul in the Bible? Paul was a murderer. Paul literally went around killing Christians. And until he had that encounter with God, nothing changed. But once he had that encounter with God, he was able to forget all those things. And he wrote a lot of the New Testament as proof of God's glory and God's uh, uh, grace towards us as believers. So there's no sin that you have that is too big to fulfill what God has placed on your life. Here's what Paul says. He actually writes this. Paul writes in the, oh God, I don't even know where I'm at right now. Sorry. Paul writes in the book of Timothy. He says this in Timothy chapter 1. 1 Timothy chapter 1. He says, this is a trustworthy saying, and everyone should accept it. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, and I am the worst of them all. I'm just pausing because I want it. You guys to let that sink in. Paul said, I was the worst of them all. When we look at a sin scale, we say, all right, murder is on the top of the scale. And Paul's like, I did those things. I'm the worst of the worst. But then he goes on and says, but God had mercy on me so that Christ Jesus could use me as a prime example for his great patience with even the worst sinner. Then others will realize that they too can believe in him and receive eternal life. Paul was the worst sinner of them all. And God used him. God used him to, to tell people about Jesus. Why can't he use you? What is your whatever? Is it something that you believe about yourself? Is it a sin? I just want to pause for a second. We're adults here, for the most part. How I was raised, I believed that I could never get over my sin. You understand, as a man, as a flesh and raised in all boy households, I wish I could just sit. Can I just sit down? For, I'm going to sit down. Because I just want to, I, I just wanna, I'm, I'm not going to jump down. That's going to look bad for everybody. <laughs> Point that out. You with me? I'm going to walk over here for a second. I'm not, I'm not going to get hurt. I, I realize how bad of a conversation that is. I mean, that just, whoo, my wife would be wounding me. I mean, nursing me for a while. Amen. 
as a man, there are struggles that men have that maybe women don't have. And I want to open up and show you, tell you guys about the struggles that this man has had. And yet, God can use me in hopes that you can see that God can use you. I can't tell you the age, but at a young age, I was introduced to pornography. Pornography. My brothers, six boys, all we talked about was sex. This was way before middle school. This was elementary. And this, that very sin has been a struggle in my life, my whole life. Even now, my wife is very aware of it. Not that I stumble on it all often, but I have to be aware of what I watch and what I look at. Because I'm a man... Because I realized that my flesh does like looking at women. But I die to my flesh daily because of what God says is not good. Do you know how that bothers your brain to think that you can stand up and preach and you still have a desire to look at something as bad as looking at porn? As bad as looking at a naked woman? It messes with your psyche. It makes you think that I'm not worthy to be called a pastor. It makes you think that I'm not worthy to minister to students. It makes you think that there's no way God can use me. But I'm a man. And the one thing I know for sure, that if I don't stop, if I don't give up, God won't give up on me. So maybe you're here right now thinking my sin is too big. My old man was in jail preaching the gospel. Locked up in jail for embezzling money. He was a drug dealer at one point. That didn't stop him from preaching the gospel. I know women, women who have struggled with cheating on their husband. That don't stop them from preaching the gospel. I'm not saying these things are okay. Please hear me out. What I'm introducing you to is to let you guys know that your sin is no different than my sin. We have a line for sin. We think sin goes this way. We go murder. We go rape. We go lies. We go talking back to your parents. Yeah, that's a sin, kids. Right? We go, this is the, the, the line we have for, for sin. But God says, you're looking at this the whole wrong way. Because when I died, I didn't die for a line of demarcation. I don't even know if that's the right word. See, I'm part retarded, right? I died for all sin because all sin is equal. My sin is equal to your sin. So what's your sin? What's the thing that's holding you back that you can't get over? You can get free of that too. I just want to point that out because there's scripture that tells us Jesus said, in order to follow me, Jesus said, in order to follow me, you got to deny yourself. You got to take up your cross and follow after me. Do you know what that picture of denying yourself is? It's recognizing, hold on, I actually do have a problem. I do like shopping. That is a problem. Oh, come on, girls. Y'all know what I'm... Shopping is a problem. I'm just going to pause for a second because I have a shopping problem as well. 
I had to buy a whole new outfit just to be up here and preach. I was like, ooh, I'm going to look Hawaiian today. Yeah, show my chest hairs, right? Shopping <laughs> is a problem. But what is your what if? What is your whatever? Have you taken the time to take a, a good, deep, hard look? Maybe your whatever is that you, you really don't like a group of people. I don't know why I'm down here. Hi, Miss Elaine. You look so wonderful today. Nice to see you. God bless you, right? Maybe your whatever is that you don't like a group of people. Did you know, and I'm going to be, again, this is me sharing my life. Hear this word, please. Hear it perfectly. There's the, the word they use for a lot of black people is N-word that we use amongst our own culture. And I didn't, I don't like, I never saying it properly. My father used to say, niggas and flies, I do despise. I'm not saying that word, so it's okay to use in this congregation. That's not what I'm saying. I grew up not liking the N-word. It's a certain type of person that I could not stand. And I didn't realize that I was racist to that certain type of people. I'm black. Do you realize you can be racist towards your own colors? If you're white and you come from a lot of money, you cannot like people that come from lower income trailer park. You may not realize it until God reveals it to you. You think everybody that's country sounds stupid. No offense, Landon, you do not sound stupid. I just want to point that out. He does. I'm just saying he does. But you cannot like a certain group of people. What is your whatever? What is your whatever? Maybe you see somebody with tattoos and you walk across the other side of the road because you can't stand people with tattoos and earrings because they turn you off. What is your whatever? Maybe you see two men walking down the street and you walk the other side of the road because you can't stand that. What is your whatever? Again, I'm not okay in any of these things. I'm pointing out that if God called us to be Christians, because this chapter was written to Christians, that we're to love all people. And maybe your whatever is not what you realize. Maybe it's as simple as how you view other people. Maybe it's as simple as if you saw somebody with a gold tooth in their mouth, you shake your head and say, mm-mm, that's an idiot. What's your whatever? I know you look at me. You say, come on, Pastor Stephen. You don't have all these whatevers. I've had a lot of whatevers. I've had a lot of whatevers. And I'm, I don't want to get too serious. But the more and more I hear stuff on the news, some more and more of those whatevers creep up. And I have to remember I have to walk in love with all people. What's your whatever? Today we're going to get over this whatever, though. I'm going to stay down here if that's okay with everybody. Don't pay me no attention. This is what they do in the streets, in the hood. Joey's not here. Pastor Jody's not here. I can do whatever I want. (laughs) Go ahead. It's whatever. You know, you can have even a whatever against your own brother or sister. I have an uncle. He's not my whatever. 
But my uncle has caused a lot of turmoil in my father's family. He became whatever for my parents. He became whatever to my uncles, my other uncles, because of how he, cho- how he chose to handle the finances after someone passed away. You know how tough it is to walk in forgiveness with somebody who hurts you that's close to you? If my wife was to cheat on me, first of all, I'll cut her. (laughs) I got to make sure I say it correctly. But that would be a hard whatever to forgive. That would be a, if I was to cheat on, I'm not even going to say that because I feel like she, she sometimes wakes up and wants to, I, I sleep with one eye open. That's what I'm trying to get at. I'm just, she's dangerous. Y'all think she's short, but she's like Chucky. She runs around, she gets you, cut the whole, my whole bottom area be just gone, right? But I had to have a little humor. I feel like we're too serious. I know that if I did something to my wife outside of marriage, that would be a tough whatever to forgive. So I understand if you had that, if you had that in previous relationships. I'm just encouraging you guys to face your whatever hands on. Let's first of all, let's call it what it is. Whatever your whatever is, let's call it what it is. What's keeping you back? You may not know this about me. But I struggle with weight. One month I'm skinny, the next month I'm fat. I don't like it. It's been a struggle of my life. That's my whatever right now. And it keeps me not even wanting to go places because I'm dealing with my, my weight. So much so that I don't even want to preach in front of you guys because I'm like, well, I look fat today. Now I got to get super baggy clothes so that I can look a little bit smaller. Don't let your, your weight getting away either. I also, I'm an emotional guy. I sometimes feel like a little pansy because I can cry at the drop of a dime. And other guys look at me and say, that's not very manly. Do you realize that can keep you from doing your whatever? I'm looking at you, Corey. I know you're a crier too. (laughs) (laughs) But do you realize that can, that can keep you from accomplishing God's call in your life because you don't fit the quote-unquote what a man should look like? I like to wear cologne and look good. That's another whatever. Because how people view you. Maybe. My grandmother's white. She's dead, so it doesn't count. But my gra- that was a joke, people. <laughs> my grandmother's white. And my grandfather was black. My parents, when, we, when they were together before they separated, when we were three, they made a lot of money. They moved us to a predominantly white area. We moved back after my parents got separated in the hood. And we spoke white. You guys know what I'm talking about. We spoke white. Whereas to the other black kids, you ain't black, you speak white. That's hurtful. Because I spoke properly, I didn't speak black. What's your whatever? I'm just, I just feel like I'm just pulling stuff, so I want you guys to hear. What is your whatever? 
Now, let's, let's address these things. We know what it is. First thing we need to do, we need to, first of all, let's call a spade a spade. Let's realize what I, whatever it is. That's the first thing. If we're going to get over it, let's be honest with ourselves. Know what your struggle is. Know what your weight is. Not your actual weight, golly. Not your actual weight, but whatever that weight is. Know what that weight is. Is it a sin that's keeping you, that's tripping you up easily? Are you a big-time liar? You can't help gossiping because it feels so good. The gossip. It's fresh on your tongue. You can't believe what happened, girl. Oh, no, she didn't. Fresh on your tongue. The gossip. Maybe your your whatever is your age. Some of us about to turn 50. I'm talking about Misty. She's almost over the hill. She's almost over the hill. Next thing you do is you got to strip it off. I know that's hard. But if you're sinning, stop sinning. Stripping it off means you need to get help that you need. The reason I can tell you that I've struggled with pornography is because my wife knows it. Because I've stripped it off. And the only way to get over those things is to bring it to the light. When you're walking in darkness, you think you're getting away with it. The enemy comes in. He constantly reminds you of how much you have done. When you, when you bring it to the light, the enemy got nothing to say about it. You can just remind. He can say, look what you had done last year. Okay, but look what you're about to do a couple years from now. Look what's about to happen to you. I know I was that way. I know the things that I've struggled with, but I gave it to God. You can no longer harm me. I know I'm not the smartest thing in the, a person out there. But I'm still, I gave it to God because it's not I who live, but Christ who lives through me. I know I may not be the tallest, the strongest, the handsomest, the youngest, the oldest. I know I may not have all the kids. I may not have all the gifts in the world. I may not be able to communicate effectively. I know I may not be able to be the best singer, the best musician. But I gave it to God. And what God has called, he will equip. My son this week went out for, um, uh, he wanted to be on honor course. Now, this brought, made me and my wife very shocked. The boy can't sing. Um, I'm not saying, that sounds bad. Stevie, don't watch this. He's not going to watch this. But when me, and, when me and Pearl heard that he went out for course, like when Ella said she's going out for course, oh my gosh, yes, girl, you got this. Stevie went out for course. Um, what happens if you don't make it? That was the conversation we had. To, you know, um, are you sure this is something you want to do? We, we're encouraging them to do it. But here's what I admire most about Stevie. He tried something. Do you know how many times I didn't try because I got in my own mind that I was not good enough? The fact is, Stevie may not be a singer. I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. Stevie's is not a singer. <laughs> We're not, we're not going to tell that to his face. We're not going to say, you stink, child. Move on. But he gave something to try. He removed any doubt. And he started running. Are you going to try something? Because after you strip off the weight, you need to start running. After you strip off the weight, you bring it to the light. You need to start running. I'm not telling you to get up and start singing praise and worship. Please, Lord Jesus, we need people that can sing. We don't need any of that. We don't need Stevie's up on stage. 
Let Stevie be in the, in the sound booth, in the tech booth. That's what he needs to be, right? But maybe you need, to, you need to start doing what God has called you to do. Maybe there's some neighbors that you need to go spend time with. Maybe there's some homeless people that you need to go feed and talk to. Maybe there's a relationship, a brother, a sister, a mom, a dad, a grandpa, an auntie, an uncle, a mima, a peepaw. I make sure I put those in there. A nana, a papa. I don't know all these names y'all got down south, right? A PP and a TT. All right. <laughs> this is the south. I got to make sure we say it correctly, right? Maybe there's a relationship you need to restore. There's a conversation that you need to have. After you stripped off the way, you recognize what it is. Go run. Notice when the runners, they take off a run, those weights are left behind. They're not going back and picking it up. So as you're out there doing what God's calling you to do, you're not picking it back up. You have already loosed it. You have already gone. You're now running you're running off. You're doing whatever God has called you to do. You're moving and you're, and you're, you're, you're taking back the world back for, by storm. Whatever it is, whatever it looks like, be willing to do whatever God's calling you to do at that moment. You can't win if you're not running. Once you stop running, I'm, I was going to start running, but you guys know that would have been more sweat. I'm, already, I'm almost dry. I'm almost dry. Once you start running, though, you can't stop. What happens We get a word from God. We start moving. And because things come up, we stop. We stop moving, you guys. We start getting some, experience some freedom. Here's what's going to happen. About a year ago, it's probably two years ago, COVID, right? Everybody's changing things. Oh, new time. We're at home. We can change some things up. I was like, you know what? Let me go to college. I'm going to get some education so I can feel smarter about myself. I quickly stopped that. <laughs> no way. <laughs> it wasn't even about the money. It was like, you got to take tests. You got to write papers. You got to read books. No, thank you. <laughs> I, I was like, I had like, a, it was, I had like about an hour that I was motivated to do it. And after that hour, I stopped. <sighs> I was unsuccessful once again. You know how many times I've started going back to college and stopped? I'm now for, uh, <clears throat> I'm, <clears throat> I'm 41 years old now. I know some of you guys like that was a long time ago. <laughs> but I'm 41 now. I graduated, I graduated Bible college back in 2002, I believe. I've been telling myself to go to regular college for the past 20 years. I'm not going to do it. Let's just point that out. I found another, I found my workaround. I was like, oh, if you just study the Bible more, you feel more accomplished. Sweet. Right? I work, found my workaround. But the point is, I have blocked myself from doing something so simple that many Americans, many people all across the world, because I have denied and I believed the lie. When I started running, I even, I even called Liberty at one time to get all the papers, all the things that I need. I started getting my transcripts and orders. I stopped running. Don't be the stopper. Don't be the stopper. If you're going to be that person that says, you know what, I'm going to get over this insecurity. I'm no longer going to allow this belief about myself to carry on through my future, my history. 
I don't even know what I'm saying. Be the person that's going to carry it through. Keep running. If you're going to be the person that says, God told me to join a worship team, follow through. Maybe you need to get practice. You need to get some lesson with Miss Angela. Do something about it. Learn an instrument. Maybe it's the person that says, I'm going to get over the sin. Maybe it's time for you to be honest with your wife or your husband. Tell them all the... Sorry, before I moved here, I used to get shoes shipped to my, my office, and I would hide the shoes. I was so bad, you guys. <laughs> so I would get Jordans, and then I would pull them out, like, on Christmas, like, oh, my, where did these come from? I can't, oh, my gosh! I can't believe it! So bad. My wife, she knew, but she didn't know until she saw them. Like, like I had them for, like, months in my office. I'm, this is not even a joke. This is serious. Maybe you need to be honest with your spouse. Men, I'm just talking to men. If you need somebody to be honest with, with your struggles, a man's struggle, I'm not going to use the words anymore, you can talk to me. I'm going to keep it 100 with you. You need other guys. You need other people that are not going to look at you weird for having those desires. What is your flesh love that's killing you? Cheeseburgers are killing some of us. I don't know why you laugh so quick. Uh, that was, Sterling, that wasn't that funny. I'm not that fat. I'm losing weight. Right? But what's killing your flesh? You got to start running. And you got to keep running. The last thing we're going to do, I'm going to call Miss Angela up. The last thing you want to do is you need to keep your eyes on Jesus. There's, I got a bunch of scriptures, but I just wanted to have a conversation with you. Do you realize what causes a lot of us to fall? As we stop looking at Jesus. You guys know the story. Maybe you don't, but I'll tell you what happened. Jesus called a young man off the boat. His name was Peter. Jesus came, and they was like, it's a ghost. And Jesus was like, they were like, Jesus, if it's really you, tell me to come walking on water. Jesus said, come. Peter started walking on the water. But when did he start sinking? It's when he took his eyes off of Jesus. When you take your eyes off of Jesus... You start to sink. What does that look like? When you stop having your devotion a quiet time in the morning or afternoon or evening, whenever you have your quiet time, that's the moment you feel like you start to sink. When you stop reading your Bible on a regular basis and it goes weeks without you reading your Bible, that's when you start to sink. When you say, you know what, I no longer need to hang out at church with those people, maybe that's when you start to sink. We need not only God, we need the people of God so that we can come together. I was going to go, no, that's not what's going to happen. So that we can come together and encourage one another. Keep your eye on Jesus. It's a simple message today. Simple. Very Simple. If you have something that's tripping you up, that sin that so easily trips you up, that weight that's holding you down, strip it off. Get rid of it. Let me read this. Here's what Paul, the, the murderer who was going around killing Christians, he wrote. He said, this is what he does. Oh, my goodness. 
Um, I believe it's Galatians chapter 20. He said, my old self has been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. So I live in this earthly body by trusting in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Paul said he kills himself. He crucifies his body because he realized that he has these desires, this flesh, and he got to kill it. Because then, and only then, after you kill it, can you truly follow God. When Jesus said, if you want to come after me, if you want to follow me, you need to deny yourself, take up your cross and follow me. He was saying, if you don't deny yourself, deny your desires, denying the lies that you've believed over your life, denying the sin that so easily entangled you, you will not follow after me. It's going to be hard to take up that cross when you got a backpack on. It's going to be hard to follow after Jesus when you got weights that's holding you down. Our job is to deny this thing. Paul was writing to us, encouraging us that if we really want to run this race, if you don't want to run this race, that's fine. You don't have to run it. It's your choice. This was written to Christians. But if you want to run it, if you want to be the one that says, I follow Jesus, if you want to be the one that says, I actually do what God calls me to do, because it's not I who live, but Christ who lives in me, then you need to deny your own body. Deny the desires that you have. Deny the lies and the rumors that you believe. Deny whatever you have that's going on that's contradiction to what God has told you to do. If you want to follow God. If you want to say you ran this race well. And you didn't stumble. One of the things that I can't stand the most. And just bear with me one second. One of the things I can't stand the most. It's people who claim they're Christians. And they do it well on Sunday. But then you talk to them, you hear about what they did. The rest of the week, it doesn't line up with that. If I'm going to be a Christian, I'm going to be a Christian Monday through Sunday. I want you to know, when you come to my house, the same Stephen that you see here, a little bit scaled down. It's the same Stephen you stay at home. I'm not this crazy at home. But I'm not going to be different to you guys. Because I can't stand when I get around people who are fake. I can't stand when I get around people who really don't love other believers. I love Dessa. I may not like her. I'm joking, Dessa. I love, <laughs> I love Dessa. This is a female. This is a, a white female. And I love her just like as, she, as if she was my sister. I love Sterling. Even though he's a Georgia fan. I do not count those things as though... No, I'm sorry. I love Sterling. Right? Mr. Wade, I love how crazy you are as well. Y'all don't know that he is crazy. Listen. God said, how are you going to say you love me that you don't see and the people you see every day you don't love? I think some of our whatevers, as I'm hearing it correctly, 
is maybe we need to take a gut check at the people that's walking around us on a daily basis. Start with your own home. Do you really love your kids? Wow. Do you really love your kids? I feel like God's telling me, how much time do you actually spend with them? If you really love your kids, do you discipline them? I ain't talking about beating the beating the hell out of them. You get what I'm saying? Not okay. But do you discipline them? Or do you just let them get away with whatever they get away with? If you really love those that are in your house, show them. Tell them. The reason I can tell people I love them is because my old man told me he loved me all the time. Tell them you love them. Just a reminder, don't let your whatever get in the way. God has a plan and a purpose for each and every person in this room. If you're still alive, Mr. Bill, if you're still alive, God has a plan for you. And stop eating so many cheeseburgers because we can't be having that plan. I'm going to the hospital because I have a fake heart attack thing going on again. If you're still alive, if you're still breathing, God has a plan for you. He's not done with you yet. But don't let your whatever get in the way. Let's pray. Father, today, I just thank you, Lord, that as we're here today, Lord, I ask you, Father, to check our own hearts. What is our whatever that's getting in the way of us running our race? Holy Spirit, what is it that you want to speak to us through this message? As every head bowed and every eyes is closed, I'm just going to ask you guys, maybe there's a sin that you want to ask God to forgive you of today. Maybe there's something that's been getting in the way and you're like, this is the whatever I need to address and I need freedom and I need help to get over these things. If that's you, while everybody heads bowed, eyes are closed, you feel free to raise your hand. No one's looking. No one's watching. Thank you so much. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you so much. Awesome. Thank you so much. And we, we want to make sure you guys know, anybody that comes in here, that there's always an opportunity to receive Jesus, your personal Lord and Savior. So here's the deal. While your heads are bowed and eyes are closed, Jesus came to earth. He was the son of God. He surrendered his authority, walked among men and women, and gave his life up for us as a sacrifice so that we wouldn't have to go through that same pain and suffering. The beautiful part about it is he told us he was going to do it. He did it, and then he came back to life. And he's alive right now, sitting in heaven. So if you're here today, maybe this is your first time hearing that message, or you're like, you know what, this is the first time you actually click in, and you want to receive Jesus as your portion, Lord and Savior, you can raise your hand. No one's watching. It's between you and God. Or you're watching online, you can raise your hand online as well. Awesome. Thank you so much. So we're going to go ahead and pray with you guys. Everybody's in this room. Father, we just thank you, Lord, for those that raised their hand to be set free 
those that may raise their hand in their heart of something that they're dealing with or struggling with, Lord, we ask you, Lord, just to release them right now of that, Lord, that they give it on you. They place their cares, their worries, their burdens upon you. We ask you to forgive them of their sins. Lord, you said that you are faithful and just to forgive us of our sin and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. So I pray, Lord, that as we're dealing with these things, whatever it is in our life, Lord, that we release it to you so that we can want our race well. And maybe we, we didn't raise our hand, but we want to receive Jesus as a personal Lord and Savior. Lord, I ask you, Lord, to come and save us now. I thank you, Lord, for each and every man, woman, boy, girl that's present today. That we leave knowing that we can run this race because we're going to get rid of our whatever. We love you, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen, amen. I tell you what, I love this guy here. Even though I'm from Ohio and he's from Michigan, it's still working out. (laughs) Oh, gosh. I tell you what, um, I love Pastor Stephen. I love his honesty and his openness. Sometimes church needs a little more of that. Um, We're all a mess. If you've been here a little while, you know my mess that I've made in my life. There's a little word that I love. It's called grace. It's called grace. And that God gave us grace, and that sometimes we need to pass that grace on to somebody else in our life. So um, as you take that today, our prayer partners are going to come up front. I invite them on up. If you've got something today, if you've got your whatever that you want to pray, have someone pray with you today. Come on up, these folks. I'll be welcome to pray with you today. I also want to um, remind you about the giving. We thank you so much for your generosity. But I'm going to be honest with you. I'm one of the elders here at the church. It's been a tough couple months. Um, Going back to school is always a tough time of year. Uh, People start getting worried about the economy and everything else. Um, This is the best investment that you can make. Um, One of the best uses of the money that God has given to you is to put back into your local church. So we're just going to encourage you to keep doing that. Uh, You can do it if you're uh, online. You can do it where you can set up an automatic um, draft out of your uh, checking account as well to do that. But the church counts on you because they keep sending electric bills every month and those kind of things. It's kind of funny that we keep having expenses all the time. So Make sure um, that you don't forget about your local church as well. So, as always, if you want to stand up, out of Numbers chapter 6, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you, be gracious to you. May the Lord turn his face towards you, give you his peace. God bless you. Have a great week. If today's message blessed you, we want to encourage you to take a moment and share this podcast with a friend. Remember, there's one hope for every heart, and that's Jesus. See you next time.